You're listening to a podcast from Victory. What the Bible says about matters of faith and Christian practice is useful and true. Learn more about this truth in week four of our series, Wordview. We look at Psalms 19, verse 7 to verse uh, 13, to, uh, verse 12 today. Verse 11. Okay. It says, The Lord the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The Bible says David, David wrote this song and he was saying, Everything that comes from the mouth of God is perfect. It revives me. It is so perfect, it's free from error that when I read it, it revives my soul. It is sure. There's no doubt. It's, it's, it's free from error. It is with integrity. It's trustworthy to the point that it's making wise the simple. Even a simple guy who reads or studies the word of the Lord will become wise. This is the effect of the word of God. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It's right, therefore it's not wrong. Okay? Lalim, no? Okay? Because it's right. Okay? That means it is the kind of right that produces rejoicing. There are many people now who claim that this is right, but it doesn't produce any rejoicing. Okay? And it is pure, which means it, it's been purified and it's been tested through time. Next week, we'll look at uh, how it was purified throughout history. And that's why we still have a version of the scripture now. It is uh, pure that it enlightens the eyes or in our context today, it has changed how I see the world. It has enlightened me. Aha moment. When I read the word of God, it changed something in me. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It's true. It's not fake news. It's not uh, made up. It's not out of emotions. It's not out of a bias. It is true and it's righteous altogether. There's no malicious intent. It will not destroy. It will actually bless people. And then he says in verse 10, More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, Sweeter also than honey and dripping of the honeycomb. This is the spirit of what we want you to get after this message. That you come out of this church saying, I want to read my Bible. I want to open it. I want to study it. I want to know the intent of the author. Gusto ko talagang maintindihan to the point na ano bang sinasabi nung writer na Israelite o nung, nung Hebrew scripture. Ano bang laman nito? Okay? How come it's changing so many people? That for them, it's more valuable than any riches. It's like honey, where you crave for it and you want it. That's the kind of result that we want to happen as we finish the preaching of the Word this morning. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. There will be a reward for those who have a biblical worldview. I don't know if I'm saying this out of bias but for me, I think it is without bias, I would say that the biblical worldview, when we look at the scripture in a biblical worldview, when we look at the world in a biblical worldview, there's no other worldview that is more healthier, that is more purer, that is more noble than the biblical worldview. And we'll try to dissect that. But I hope that doesn't make us proud. I hope that makes us blessed. 
so that we can become a blessing to many other people. Now, this is how David described the word of the Lord. It's pure, it's sure, it's true, it's righteous. It is without malicious intent. Now, maybe for 90% of us here, we're saying, yeah, I know that already. In fact, you don't have to preach it. I believe in the word of God. I believe this is true. Sabi ng lola ko, this is true, so this is true. Right? But maybe for some of us, you're here, you're, you're seeking God. You're saying, is the Bible true? If God is really true, how come He would condemn certain groups of people? How come the Bible would, you know, would, would uh, try to say that slavery is okay? Or how come there's a lot of killings in the Bible that God agreed? You know, and a lot of the questions that many people ask outside the church. Uh, I'm, I'm taking up my masteral course and our assignment this week was to interview five atheists and listen to their thoughts and listen to what's in their heart. And I've interviewed, I think, uh, I, I've interviewed three already. I have two more to go. So if you're an atheist, please talk to me. I need to pass the paper this week. So if you're here, you're atheist, you're checking out who God is, please let's have coffee later. Okay? I need you in my life. Okay? <clears throat> Alright, so, but it's fascinating. The, the, the conversation was so fascinating. One of the largest atheist and free-thinking movement in the Philippines. I interviewed the president. And it was a fascinating conversation to hear his thoughts about the born-again Christians and the evangelicals and the good views they have of Christianity and the negative views they have of Christianity. You know, it's sad to say two of my interview were actually Christians in the past. But they have uh, left the faith because of traumatic experiences inside the church with church people. That's why my point last week about the greatest evidence of the authority of Scripture is your life is very true. Okay? You can either turn off people because you don't understand the Scripture, your worldview is different, it's very pharisaical, you live out like a Pharisee or a self-righteous religious person, it ticks off a lot of people because you have a different worldview. You thought it's biblical, but it's anti-biblical. Just like the Pharisees, they thought they were following the law of Moses. But Jesus, you know, was so frustrated with the Pharisees because they couldn't get the worldview that he had, that he was redefining it for the people in the New Testament. So the question is, what is the significance of the Bible being without error? What does it do to you and me knowing that the Bible is without error? Since in reality, in our world today, 2018, the Bible has been challenged. The Bible has been uh, accused of being full of errors and being sexist, racist, and violent, okay, by a lot of YouTubers, okay, and Facebookers. Okay. And so, but then, this is a sentiment that's growing, especially in the campuses. Maybe not among the titos and titas of Manila, but for a next generation of Filipinos who are asking the questions about the authority of Scripture. Now, for us to answer the significance of the Bible being without error, we have to first understand the concept of the author and the authority, okay, which is tied up to worldview. Now, I am a Christian, and I believe that the Bible 
the one that I'm holding, okay, in its original form, is without error, okay, and is trustworthy. Okay? And this is, to the best of the version in English, is trustworthy. Why am I able to say this statement? I'm able to say this because I've encountered the author. My God is trustworthy. My God is sovereign. My God is good. My God doesn't make any errors. Since the author is somebody who doesn't make any errors, his words are without error. Am I right? Okay? So, people who question okay, the authority of the Scripture and say it's full of errors is actually not questioning the manuscript. They're questioning the author. Okay? I'll give you an example of author authority. One of the best books I've read in my life is this book. Okay? It's, it's my book. Okay? <clears throat> I've read it more than 30 times. Okay? Because I was going to publish, I need to make sure there's nothing wrong. Prior to editing, sorry malito, no? I was trying to be good to myself. It has more than 200 grammatical errors. I just type away right? with my broken English. Okay? I, I, not broken, LaSalle English. Okay? I, 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 I type away and there were so many errors of the book that I really love, okay? that I poured my life into, that I needed three eyes to edit it. So I called on some friends since I didn't have any budget at that time, my first time to write a book. My friend says, can I volunteer? Sure, 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 sure. A lot of people edited it. And out of the edit, when I published it, there were, I think, around six to eight grammatical errors after three eyes and after reading my book 30 times. Myself. Word for word. And then there's one major error in principle that had to be edited on the next printing because an expert of the law of economics, Randall Tiongson, told me, mali yan. Okay? That's wrong. Why did you put it there? Huh? It's wrong? Yeah, because you're saying that in a Western context, it doesn't apply to Asian context, so you have to remove, remove it or else you'll lack the credibility. So in my next printing, I had to take it out because it was out of a Western context that I said it. Right? So for those of you who bought my book, the first edition, you can burn it okay? <laughs> later. Okay? Imagine, in my best intention for this book to be without error and all the eyes that were looking at it, I got so many emails, Pastor, I really love your book, but there's so many errors, grammatical errors. Can I edit for you? Right? Ang dami kong email. Inispam ko na sa sobrang dami. Right? that I had to hire a professional editor uh, for, for, for the second edition. Okay? Because even with my good intention, there's so many errors in it. There are things that I don't understand. But not so with the Bible. In fact, linguists, scholars, Christian and non-Christian, historians, sociologists, archaeologists, anthropologists would say it is actually the most, one of the most accurate manuscript in history. Okay? Look at the Bible. The Bible has more than 40 authors. 
coming together in different times. Imagine, okay, I, I was just imagining if I make an effort to say, Randall, who else? Uh, Willie, who's another author, Chingy, and uh, who else? Author, okay, whoever. Okay, just the four of us. One, two, three, four. Let's all come together, and uh, not come together, let's all write a book, each on our own, our perspective about wealth. Okay? Okay, you go somewhere, you go somewhere. After three months, let's come together, let's make it into a book. Nice idea, right? For sure, sure na sure rahot. Okay? All our four views, there would be some contradictions in it. Even though we're friends. But the Bible, 40 authors, lawyers, carpenters, you know, uh, priests, right? all of them, 40 authors, came together without contradiction, but actually building up the theme of the scripture. Supernatural. Okay? More than 40 authors. Okay? In a span of thousands of years, it's without error. Okay? So for sure, Paul did not text Moses. It is without error. Okay? And it's considered as the most accurate sacred writing in history. Okay? Uh, there are recent findings in Israel after much digging that would point again to the evidence of the authority of God and the Scripture. Up until now, up until this year, there's still findings that would just say, that the Bible is a text that has authority in it. The question is, what is our worldview? Huh? So, as what I said, it's so fascinating to hear the thoughts of other people who have different worldviews because most of my friends are already Christian. To interview someone who doesn't believe in my God or who doesn't believe in the concept of a God is actually very interesting. So, did I feel angry when I was hearing their thoughts and how the Bible was misquoted? I wasn't. Why? Because I knew they were coming from a different worldview. They will never understand. Right? Like one of the guy I'm interviewing was saying, oh, you know, a lot of churches, they use the Bible to control people, and that's why there's a lot of mega churches there. I said, oh, bro, I have 4,000 members. <laughs> I just want to say, right? I just want to tell him that it's not all the same. So you can't generalize everything, but because his worldview is tainted already because of one experience, it's generalized. So question is, what is our worldview? And the worldview is very important because our worldview dictates our values. Our values dictates our behavior. Our behavior dictates our culture. How I see things would now be my values, what's important to me. Okay? Like some of our interviews were... Uh, Somebody said, uh, you know, my worldview is, I don't know if there's a God. And even if there is, I don't care. Okay. I said, so why? What's your background? And she started saying uh, her background. She's coming from a worldview where because she was hurt, now she's embraced a worldview that there is no God. Now that there's no God, what happened next? Patong-patong yan. Okay? Uh, domino effect. If you say there's no God, what is your standard for right and wrong? And then the person said, well, 
and a lot of people would say this, human beings have in them a sense of compass that would tell us what's right and wrong. I, I beg to disagree. It's very subjective. It changes through time. Okay? I'll give you an example. J- just terms, huh? not even the example. Uh, there's an earthquake in New York, and I'm with my American friends, Joey, okay, and, <laughs> and, and Tin, okay, and, and people are crying for help, and then I, Joey tells me, Dennis, let's salvage the people. What do we do? We help. We salvage them out. Sa Pilipinas, para salvage natin yan. Bro naman, wag. Makukulong tayo niyan. Di ba? Ibang-iba yung context. Right? It's different already. Okay? So imagine when the worldview would be, it's, it's, when, nasana ba ako may, may the worldview is that I, I, it's within me. Well, what was okay before is no longer okay now. It's changing. So in short, it's very relative and you're basing it on that, it's going to be hard. That's why I said the biblical worldview is so solid in whatever angle. You can never attack it. right? Because of the claims of the Christian faith, it's almost like, how can I attack the claims of the Christian faith and their philosophical arguments against the Christian faith that says something, Later, I'll explain more of what I'm trying to say here because I also don't understand myself. Okay? It, later, I'll, I'll expound. I'll give you an example. Classic example. Being taught in schools today. Okay? The worldview in a lot of textbooks today, since we get our textbook from the States, is that if you're not in a Christian school, they will teach you that the world started with a big bang. Okay? Particles flying solar system, parallel universe, marvel. Everything's in place, the sun, distance, okay? It's as if the particles were thinking and out came this. And textbook would say that, look at your seatmate, that you came from monkeys, right? Look at your other seatmate, say, unga, unga. Okay? (laughs) So, that's a worldview. Again, nothing. I'm not mad at their worldview. But I'm. You see, in, in, in talking to people who have a different worldview, debates won't do any good. Nobody will win. Okay? Because it's worldview. It's a worldview. How can you force? You cannot force. It's the Holy Spirit who will do its work. Okay? So, when a person says there's no God, and we came from a big bang, what is he or she saying? What she's saying is that life is an accident. Out of particles came an organized system. Wow. Takes more faith to be an atheist now than to be a Christian who believes there was a Supreme God who created all things with a system. Okay? So when I say there's no God and we came from particles, big bang, life is an accident, it means I have no meaning. I am random chance. 
I came out and I live because one day I'll die. I don't need to help people. Why? We're all particles. We're like monkeys. We can live like one. That's why minions are very famous, okay? I'm a particle. Okay? That's the meaning of it. And that's why you see, in our world today, especially among cultures that don't believe in the God of the Scriptures, okay, we see many uh, devaluing of human beings. Or Christian nations like ours, who don't get the spirit of the scripture. Sex trafficking is high. Crime rate is high because we don't value people. At the same light, you have Christians who got the spirit of the word and started hospitals, non-profit organizations. Okay? And that's one of the positive views in my interview. They said, even as an atheist, we've worked with many religious groups in helping eradicate poverty. Major volunteers of nations would be from Christian churches. Why? The worldview is different. For those who get it, we understand every human being is valuable. That's the power of worldview. So if your worldview is you challenge the scripture and you challenge the authority of the scripture, it affects everything else. Why else would I believe every word after Genesis 1.1? In the beginning, God created. If I don't believe in it, all this doesn't make sense. Why would this be my worldview? Why would I embrace this? That's why Genesis is the most attacked account or chapter in the Bible. If I disprove Genesis, I disprove everything. In the New Testament, it was the resurrection. Today, it's Genesis, creation. But again, what's the alternative? Big Bang. Which again, disproves the law of thermodynamics. What's the law of thermodynamics? Google, yeah. Okay? Hindi rin memorize. Okay? See? Okay. And this is what's being taught in, in schools today. It's a naturalist worldview without God. Everything's natural. Everything has an explanation. I can explain everything scientifically. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It's perfect and it's sure. Without error, philosopher Immanuel Kant says, the existence of the Bible as a book for the people is the greatest benefit which the human race has ever experienced. Every attempt to belittle it is a, is a crime against humanity. That this, when we belittle the scripture, because see, this brings value. This has helped me. I'll give you an example. Okay? One of their misgivings about the scripture is that women now are devalued in scripture and their favorite verse is wives submit to your husbands this was according to the interview why would the bible why would this god tell me to submit to my husband you see it's very sexist why the worldview is there's doubts not a biblical worldview they read 
Ephesians, wives, submit to your husband, period. Grabe si Lord. Sexist. Okay. That's a problem. It's true. This is common outside. Right? Why? Because they stop there. Have you heard somebody who doubts the authority of the scripture says, Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. In fact, it should be the Christian men who are saying, Lord, why will I die for this girl? But because the worldview is different for us, we understand what Christ did on the cross. He's asking me to do to my wife. The women now are valued higher than how the world looks at them. But what's our biggest problem? It's not the atheist and the skeptic. It's the Christian. What do I mean? Wives, submit to your husbands. Gather, pulong-pulong na mga kumare. Hira mag-submit sa husband ko. Ay, nako. Dahil sinabi lang ng Bible, kaya ako nagsasubmit. That's the biggest problem. What's the biggest problem? The Christian man who goes to the wife and uses this as control and say, Ano sabi? Mm-mm. Ano sabi? Makinig. Mm-mm. Because he cannot lead well, he needs to quote the scripture to the wife every time. Ano sabi? Submit. Submit. Mm. Submit. You think the world does not hear this? The Christian woman complaining, I need to submit to this husband. And the Christian man who, like a Pharisee, would point the scripture to control and say, submit to me. And you look at church history, it's so sad. church history. Trip, trip lang yan. Okay. You know what they're saying about our dark history? We have a very dark history from the crusades where people were murdered because in the name of God. Tortured, murdered, those are all true. That's why the Pope made a, you know, made a statement saying sorry for the dark history. You know why? Because men of faith use the scripture to control and manipulate people. And so now it's backfired. But it's not the scripture. It's the sinful man. That's the problem and not the scripture. I'll explain later the case okay, of that. Okay. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Okay. So like example, and here's my example for that. The Bible has been accused as pro-slavery. Or oh, you look at Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, oh. My manual pa on slavery. That's why the Bible is not authoritative. Look at, look at the New Testament. Paul talking about slavery and how you need to treat your slaves. Okay? It's anti-woman. It's human rights violators handbook. That's the Bible. Okay? So how can it be authoritative? Now, question I need to ask you is, do you read the Bible literally? In its scholarly term, to read the Bible literally means hindi po literal ang pagbasa. Ang ibig sabihin ng reading your Bible literally is going back 
to the original on intent of the author. Okay. Like what I shared earlier about salvage. Okay. It's different when an American says it and when a Filipino would say the word. Okay. It's the same way. The, the Israelite, the Hebrew scripture as it was written, is written in their context and not in our context. But of course, we're so exposed to Filipino context and Western context. And so we think, because the English word here is like this, then that means my definition. And you do not adjust. And that's not being a good student of the Bible or good student of any literary text. What that means is you adjust. What was he really saying? Don't say, oh, salvage eh. Sa New York, nagsasalvage sila. No, no, you cannot say that. You have to go there and look, oh, salvage means helping. Ours kasi is covering with newspaper. Okay? It's different. Okay? So you see the difference. And so a lot of people now attack the scripture using the same method. Slavery. You see, they... That's why there's a lot of sex trafficking. Even the God did not condemn slavery in the Bible. In fact, He's given us... I'll explain. Slavery, example, in the Old Testament, during the Old Testament time, is very, very different from slavery now, which is, in a way, human trafficking. Slavery in the Old Testament means if I have a debt that I cannot pay, I tell eyes, I cannot pay you, I'll just work for you as a slave. Now, being sinful people, Ais and the rest of the masters would abuse their slaves. Moses saw this and said, they're created in the image of God. Biblical worldview. Started writing down guidelines. This is how you should treat your slaves. Moses, the Bible was protecting the slaves. It wasn't saying slavery is okay. But that was slavery Old Testament context. Slavery context today is very different from the context of the scripture. So, question is, do you read the Bible literally? That means there's two ways of reading it. Prescriptive and descriptive. Some of the things you read in the Bible, they're describing. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Look, the Bible did not condemn adultery. I want to be like Solomon. No, 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 no. That's descriptive. It's not prescriptive because if you again read the Bible, you would see that was his downfall. He brought so many idols and gods to his kingdom. It destroyed him and his line. It was descriptive. It was not prescriptive. We go back to slavery. Abraham Lincoln made the declaration in 1862 saying presidential proclamation that all slaves are free. He saw the slavery was unethical and so he made that declaration. Slaves will be free. We're still fighting that war until now. But look at what Abraham Lincoln said about the Bible. 
In regards to this great book, the Bible, I have but to say it is the best gift God has given to man. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. Abraham Lincoln was saying, my standard of what is right and wrong comes from the book, the Bible. Okay? All things most desirable for man's welfare here and hereafter are found portrayed in it. It's in the scripture. It's clear. What's interesting about this is the next generations of Filipinos and social media people who are attacking the scripture would read Deuteronomy and say, What? God endorses slavery. Grabe. When years ago, a man named Abraham Lincoln, not a YouTuber, okay, read the same book and said, slavery is evil. Let me do something about it. What was the f- difference? Context. Many people don't study the word now. That's why we challenge you to study the scripture. Dapat may laman tayo as Christians. Hindi yung sinabi lang ng classmate mo, oh, slavery, oh. Makita nga. Oo oh, nga, no, nga, no. Grabe si Lord. Ayaw ko na kay Lord. Because we don't study. Very important. Okay. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It's true. It's not fake. It's not fake news. Okay? It's not driven by emotions or presentation. It's righteous altogether. There's no malicious intent. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Again, this is what we desire for you to have. You look at every rational argument against the Scripture. I can say, well, in my limited, finite minds, I am fully convinced there's no way you can discredit the Scripture. It's free from error. It's supernatural. It has transformed lives. It has created loving people, not hateful people. But for those who've used this to control, abuse, manipulate, make this as their platform to be more self-righteous, Jesus is against you. It's anti-gospel. It's to be desired. More than gold, even much fine gold. You know, in the midst of prosperity, just a practical application for everyone. In verse verse 10, pag yumaman ka, what would you desire more? The scripture or money? What that means is, hindi naman yung tatalikuran mo yung pera. Who will control you? Who will control your worldview? Okay. It's like the picture in The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. Money is like the ring. It's precious. It tempts you. It blurs your worldview if you say, I'm, I'm a Christian. Biglang dumating yung pera gumagana. challenge worldview more. It's being challenged what you're embracing and what you're really living out. 
David said, more to be desired are they than gold. Even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Let me end with this. To land this to become more practical for us. Psalms 19, four verses, powerful benefits of the word. Number one, it revives the soul. Maybe you're down, it revives the soul. Gives you hope. That's what the scripture does. Number two, makes wise the simple. Okay. Madami, as you embrace biblical worldview, marami sa buhay, simple lang. Diba? Once you get wisdom from God, you would see clearly. Okay. It rejoices, rejoicing the heart. The benefit is positive. Rejoices the heart. And lastly, it enlightens the eyes. Worldview. Worldview change, the values, the heart change. The heart change, making wise, the simple, the ways of the wise, simple, the behavior changes. Once the behavior changes, the soul, the emotion, the seed of our emotion, our culture, what we believe, what we feel, changes. This is what worldview does. Very important to take home today. What worldview am I embracing? Is the Bible the authority over my life? You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these and to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash victoryph.